2: Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Uh, hi. What's been up with you in the last week? Uh, any news? Anything going on? Um, the last week has been hot garbage for me and many of my friends and loved ones. Uh, my studio has been closed now for about a week. Uh, My girlfriend's studio is closed. Most of my friends and colleagues, uh, their studios are closed. And uh, I'm not really going to get much into it other than to say if your shop is still open, really maybe take a harder look at that and um, try to see outside of yourself. Uh, Some of the people are just saying like, you know, well, I'm healthy, so why not? Uh, This stuff can transmit whether you're healthy or not. Um, Your point, your, your shop can be a point of transmission. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et so, really think about closing your so- your shops. I understand that everybody's got bills to pay. I'm on that list, and everybody else I know is also on that list. I don't know a single person who doesn't have to worry about paying bills. Uh, and they all made the decision to close. So maybe that should be an indicator that your business should also be closed. Uh, I'm going to kind of try to step back and uh, just think about the positive things. Body piercing. What I love about it. Uh, my shop is closed. a lot of our shops are closed right now, but they're not going to be closed forever. Uh, we're going to get back into this in hopefully a couple of weeks uh, and just you know hit the ground running. So I want to try to spread some positivity and I'm going to uh, keep the podcast going. This episode I recorded back in uh, all the way back in January when it was brighter times, um, and nobody was really worried about uh, some mysterious virus. Uh, I did this interview over breakfast with Sierra Baker and Desi Ariano. Uh, they've come out to a couple of my classes. They've, they've been to three so far uh, some in California and uh, this one in Phoenix, Arizona. So I really wanted to chat with them. Uh, I figure, hey, you know, after this many times of, of coming to my class, I, I at least owe you breakfast. So. We talked about a, a lot of different things. My audio is not stellar at the beginning. Uh, sometimes I use a portable recorder, and, you know, honestly, I'm not like a, a, a tech guy, so it takes me a little while to figure it out sometimes. So maybe the first five minutes, my audio is a little bit uh, cruddy. But uh, their audio is pretty decent, other than some, some background noise of uh, just kind of hanging out in a diner for breakfast. So we talk about the california community Uh, a lot of the california piercers they all get along with each other they all hang out they all talk it's a a really cool vibe out there people aren't trying to cut each other's throats or stab each other in the back they're just uh, talking about piercing sharing clients sharing experiences sharing information so it's a a really cool experience anytime i go out to california and hang out with piercers uh, they're really cool out there Uh, a, a lot of the conversation is about jewelry about how you're setting up, how you're setting up your display cases, um, maybe a sales approach. But I don't really like to just kind of talk about it as sales approach. I really just like to talk about it as jewelry presentation. Uh, so we we talk a lot about that, and we talk a, a bit about statum maintenance, other different shop issues, different things that are going on. So uh, it's a really cool conversation with some really nice piercers, and it's really nice to just think about people being happy uh, and talking about the the best parts of their, their day working in a piercing studio. So let's just get into this and just forget all the other bullshit that's going on right now and I'll be back a little bit more at the end. Do like an intro, who you are, where you work, any social media stuff you want people to have and then we can just chat. Hi, I'm Sierra Baker, I work
0: at Artifact Tattoo and Body Piercing in Santa Clarita.
1: I'm Desi Ariano. I work at Artifact Tattoo and Body Piercing in Santa Clarita and Castle Crown's Art Collective in Laguna Beach.
2: So this is the third time we've encountered each other as far as, like, the, my classes go. Um, so thank you. Your breakfast is on me after, <laughs> after this many. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate uh, that. Yeah, every three classes, like, the punch card joke from last night, We get a free breakfast and a podcast episode, I guess. Also, I really should have gotten the nitro. What's the difference between nitro and regular cold brew? It has,
0: like, nitro. So it's like so a creaminess? Yeah, it's so. a little bit more creamy. It tends to be a little bit more coppery in a sense, too. Really? Yeah. Why didn't I
2: get that? Well, I'll get that for my next one. But if I get two cold brews, I'll be, like, vibrating <laughs> in an hour. Yeah,
0: you vibrate with nitro, too. It's really?
2: Nice. Yeah. Um, so, not in a vain way. And you don't have to stroke my ego any larger than it actually is. But what, what draws you to come out to private classes, especially for one where you've, you've already kind of seen an instructor style and, and kinda of some of the material that they're that they're covering.
0: Can you start? Uh each class is gonna be a little bit different size different people in them. So mm-hmm. we're gonna discuss different things, get different aspects of it and it's it's just it's fun. To be able to go out and hang out with a bunch of peers just for the for the day, learn, just talk about technique and stuff. So I think, like, if it's within a reasonable drive, and I guess reasonable is within six, seven hours of us we are going to
2: drive out for it. Intense. I'd, I'd fall asleep behind the wheel. What, what was the first one you two came to? Was it...
0: Uh, v- Concord. Washington? Con- was
1: it? Concord. No, Concord,
2: yeah. Con- Con- Concord was the first one, and then what was the second one?
1: Uh, North Hollywood. Hollywood. North
2: Hollywood. Okay, so California, California, and yeah. then Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's cool that you have... California seems like a really cool uh, little bubble of piercing. Because it's such a long state, so you can get like really big differences going from like LA to like San Diego or something like that. Yeah. Um, but everybody seems really friendly and really open in a way that I don't. I don't see in lots of other parts of the country. Little pockets of it, yeah. But it's just like the California piercers all f- kind of seem like it's like teamwork.
1: The the professional piercing community in California is definitely. Um, I don't want to say tighten it, but we all know each other. Um, I know I can say I've definitely called studios um, for referrals. I've called studios for help with jewelry. I've mm-hmm. called studios with technical help with Statum stuff, um, and it's been awesome to know that I can make those calls and I have those contacts. And even though you know, distance-wise, someone might only be. 10, 15 miles away, mm-hmm. that's in, in Southern California, that's still an hour and a half to a two hour drive. Yeah. And that's something people don't quite because realize. Because of traffic? Or traffic sucks. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I always hear about like the fabled California traffic. I, I've never had a rental car in, in that area yet. Um, I did for LA, but I somehow skirted around all the traffic. I don't ever want to get stuck in California traffic.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a different kind of animal, but yeah. you know, you may have a client in Santa Monica. Who is living in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And distance wise, those cities are really not too far from each other, but that's still an hour and a half to a two hour drive in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. So it it helps to have someone over there to be like, hey, I got a client coming your way. This is what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Can you help them out? Um, You know, I I get tons of clients from. you're allowed to talk about studios, specific studios? Yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, we get tons of clients down in Laguna from everywhere because Laguna is such a huge tourist draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I'm very comfortable referring out to, you know, uh, Roger Rabbit, Danny Cups, the Envys, uh, Nature Dormants, Rebel Rebel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Aesthetic Ambitions with Thomas and, uh, oh, gosh, with Stephanie's morale Heritage. Um you know, they're all doing good work. And well,
2: that's a big thing that jumps out to me about California piercers, is it doesn't seem territorial. Um, like, when people talk about other shops, it's never this... The, the tone where it's just like, oh, yeah, this, this shop, that shop. It's always just like, oh, yeah, yeah, this shop and this shop. And, th-. and it's, like, kind of all talking about it as equals, and everybody gets along, at least to an extent, it seems.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, also at this point, we're all using the same jewelry. We're all sure. upholding the same standards. Yeah. At this point clients are really more picking, the clients that are wanting the high-end stuff, the titanium, the gold, the custom stuff, mm-hmm. they're... Like they know the players. They, they know the players, so yeah. at this point, they're just picking the personality they want to jive with most.
2: Sure, that makes great sense. Yeah, because I, I, I'd imagine that the people that come in, even in my own shop, I might not be their flavor of piercer. They might prefer my other piercer and his personality, yeah. or they might prefer a completely different shop style or something like that, but as long as they appreciate... The work that we're all putting in statums and jewelry and all that stuff uh yesterday it seemed like you were kind of like a savior with the statum issue that happened at the <laughs> shop where that injector pin yeah, got the
1: thermocoupler in the back Thermocoupler,
2: yeah. whatever yeah. the scientific term for it, the, the doohickey uh got bent so uh something like that is is great too just being able to share that kind of experience like piercer to piercer because I think it would be really commonplace for somebody to be like, I, I don't know what to do. So was that something that you learned through your own tribulations, or did you like kind of pick that up off of other piercers?
1: Uh, I I worked with another piercer for a while, and that piercer broke a couple of them. A bit um, rough on the and, statums? Yeah, and you know, after a couple back and forth with uh, you know Brian Skelly and uh, Joel Tron and a few other piercers. Um, it was. We were able to figure out like what was happening. It was a minor tweak in the cassette, um, and then the cassette just being handled a little more rough than the Statum liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you once you do it once, you know exactly what it is. Sure. Um, I because the the dread. Yeah. On your face and on Kevin's face, just like oh. Because that's the, the Statums, as I have come to understand, are. They're more military grade. They're built to be like dropped in, beat up. If they, if something breaks on them, you can usually just replace that part yeah. real quick. But that's the one. That's part the you one can. part that's like I hope you didn't break it because that's sure. going to be a minimum like four hundred dollars fix. It's a hundred dollars shipping both ways plus parts plus labor. Sure. It's yeah. That's yeah. a tricky
2: one. Uh, I think there are different. There are different generations of a of a piercer's career, and there are definitely different generations of a piercer's experience with a statum. Just like when you get into piercing, you start off like not knowing anything, then you have that period where you think you know it all, and then the big wave is like when you realize you don't know it all, and you have to relearn. And I think with statums, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, if you get a brand new one, or a refurbished, a refurbished one, and everything's working fine until it doesn't. And then you have to kind of be like, oh shit, how do I really like maintain and fix this thing that's such a central crucial component to my studio especially if you only have one statum yeah and you're a statum heavy shop and like you completely transition out of the prepackaged thing if your statum goes down especially if it's something where you can't just like message brian he'll be like oh yeah just do this tweak and you're fine go buy a fuse at a hardware store if it's something where it's like
1: does on hand.
2: yeah you have to <laughs> ship it out and it's gone for weeks like mm-hmm. you're screwed
1: yeah um and I was really fortunate, and the first time something like that happened to me, I was able to call a buddy who had a ton of extra, like, statum and statum parts, um, and we were able to Frankenstein one together and keep me rolling and moving while I ship the other one out. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time it happened, um, they were able to send me a, uh, a loaner statum. Um, shipping got expensive after that, it was, you know, $100 both ways kind of yeah. thing. Uh, plus my statum, so that's $400 shipping alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to buy another statum. Yeah. 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 Um, and that, I think
2: that's also a generation of statum ownership where you just have a backup statum. <laughs> that's one of those things where you realize, like, I, I can't live without this thing, so even if I have to make a multi-thousand dollar investment, it's almost worth it to maintain my business flow. And it's
1: it just that it is an investment. Um, and... I mean, but so is jewelry at this point. Yeah. You know, it, it's all, everything we're doing, we're not buying, we're investing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's definitely something I pass on the clients, too. That's that's tough. I,
2: do you remember who was talking about that yesterday? They were saying that they were frustrated with their shop owner because their shop owner just didn't want to make any sort of jewelry investment at all.
1: There were a couple. Um, yeah. There were a couple people that were... Okay. Thank I you very much.
2: much <laughs> do they perhaps forget about my biscuits and gravy, you think? I think
0: so. Can I please get some biscuits, yes.
2: With uh, with
1: egg whites, please. Egg whites? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, there were a, a couple people in the class yesterday that mentioned frustrations with the owners not wanting to buy in. Um, yeah. I know I started my car- my professional career, what I consider my professional career, with the the higher end jewelry and things like that. Mm-hmm. With a hundred dollars of Neo metal. and you know I, I turned that into.
2: You roll it, yeah. You roll Three, three it, studios reinvested. worth of jewelry. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's a great story and it's like a really, it's a common story, not in a negative way, like it's, it's a great success story to see when shops know to treat it like an investment and not just like a quick thing, like, you know, I'm going to make this one order and it's going to be life changing and it's, you have to realize like, okay, you take any profits that you get from that, you roll it into another one, you grow it, you grow it, you grow it. it. And I think that's the success story for most shops. Did you also start out with high-end jewelry or did you have to kind of work into
1: it?
0: Um, By the time I was working at Artifact, Desi had already had the program up and running. um, When I got there, he was working on building his gold stock. So he had a little ananimal tray of like a couple gold prongs, and like some flowers. Mm. And then now it's two cases of gold
2: Yeah. Was that like a... like a direct goal, like realizing this is where I want to get, or was it listening to the customers, seeing what worked, and scrolling that way?
1: Um, it was definitely more an organic progression. Um, you know, can't sell gold if you don't have gold. Yeah. So you know, after I had a nice oh my god, after I had a nice <laughs> tie stock, um, I started doing little bits of gold, mm-hmm. and now we get to have way more fun. Uh, I get to look at her and say, "You like this company? Build an order." Mm-hmm. Um, going
0: you want to give Jacob a plug? <laughs> Jacob divine uh divine Co. He's awesome. Um, he would—he was learning under Mike Knight, and now he has his own jewelry company that he's doing. Cool. Does a gold threadless ends. He'll do whatever you want, honestly. <clears throat> he's the best. Well, I
2: want an infinity gauntlet that I can wear while I pierce. Oh,
0: we would be so down. Solid yeah. gold, all genuine stones. Yeah, like, that'd
2: be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but
1: yeah, it was definitely more natural progression, <clears throat> um, and just... Not necessarily listening to what clients want, but giving them as many options as I could. Sure. So that I didn't have that person come in and go, is this all you have?
2: Mm, I feel like you still get that. no Well, not not as often. Not as often. But it's it's almost more frustrating when a client comes in and you can show them, take a look at these 500 choices. And they're like, is this everything you have? And it's like, well, y- yeah, yeah. Like,
0: okay, yeah, no worries. Thanks.
2: Um... Do you ever feel like sometimes the options get overwhelming for people, where it's like it's almost too much? Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, but we've also broken up the shop. Okay. Um, or broken up the jewelry selection into, like, our, our basics and then our more fancy mm-hmm. ends. And you, you did it. You did t- explain it.
0: Yeah, we have, like, our non-metal basics. We have, like, our BDLA stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, I try to keep, like, small gold accent pieces separate from, like, genuine stone prong ends or something like okay. that that way, oh, okay, you're not digging this really fancy BBLA like, cluster, okay, how about we look at some tri-beads, some quad-beads and some mm. like of this stuff, so that we were still a little bit more fun with it, but, oh, you don't want that? Let's go to CZ's then, let's do that. That's
2: cool. You can eat, too. Don't feel like you can't eat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, don't don't worry about me at all. I'll, I'll eat it in, like, three minutes and it'll be gone. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of at a point now where I think I need to redesign my jewelry cases because for a long time I had... I think that's sometimes a a bottleneck for shops because you you lay your studio out and you maybe grow into it in a certain way, but then when you get really established in that pattern, you start to think like, well, I, I don't have space to add an extra display case or to do this or to do that. So what can I do to maximize my space? I've really overloaded my display cases to the point where, I don't think it's the volume of jewelry that I have, the quantity and the selection. I think it's that it's all so compressed and tightened, where if they're looking at it in a shelf this big, it'll seem overwhelming. If I had maybe more verticality or a different display case, like I loved Kevin's case at Wholehearted yesterday. That style, I took a whole bunch of pictures of it, and I'm gonna see if I can get someone to maybe build me a a custom case with that same kind of vibe, maybe a little bit taller. what, I don't know, what's your thought on that? Like, how, how much space do you have when it comes to, is it just like tons of display or?
1: Um, we have two uh, department store, at Artifact, we have two department store counters. Uh, like the full, full vision kind of yeah. things, yeah. Um, what I would say is, it doesn't matter how you display it, if you don't light it well, mm-hmm. You're not gonna do it any justice, yeah. And you're gonna have a harder time showing pieces mm-hmm. uh, versus letting the piece speak for itself.
2: What do you do for lighting? Are you like LED? Are you like track We're, lighting? It, it's a
1: constant struggle. Um, you know, I, I have I, I've installed our own little um, directional lights in there. Mm-hmm. We've, we've tried LED strips. It's it's just a constant. Ah, thank what you can very we much. do? to improve, and I'm really lucky that she's been here, uh, that Sierra's been here, because I can look at her and go, I'm frustrated, please make this look pretty again, Yeah. and then I'll leave for like my day off or to go tend to the other shop and I'll come back and she'll send me pictures of like, hey this is what I'm doing, Um, you know, I think this is gonna work better, I think we can show this better, so she's been super creative about displays and organization.
2: What's your what's your style for displays? Do you you know are you the type of person that will lay out moss and wood, or are you more like a make frames for stuff, acrylic? Uh-huh. You know, like what what, what what are you liking for your displays? So I'm
0: still pretty new to the whole display thing. Not gonna lie, um, I just kind of look around, see what I can find around the shop, and repurpose. Mm-hmm. Um, go out and about, and see what I'm inspired by. Um, do you
2: ever do that thing where you just walk around a craft store and you're just like, oh Ooh, I could use that
0: Man, many times. Yeah. Many times. <laughs> um. The the last the last case I was working on was our stone case, and we have we have so many stick gauges, bro. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: but we had such a large stock of, of stone, and I feel like it sounded like an essay, and that but we have too much stone to display. Yeah. But like. Around 20 pairs per size, starting at 10 gauge, going up to like an inch, like
2: up a lot of stone. So do you regret do? any of that? Because I sometimes I've mm-hmm. greatly expanded lobe jewelry, but then lobe jewelry isn't a big deal in my area anymore because nobody stretches their ears anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So do you do you feel like that was the right way to go with your selection?
0: We like having it. Um, I think we got most of that stock what three four years ago. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. we would just add on to it little by little. Yeah, um, and we have a lot of it. We don't use it all the time. But people that have stretched lobes or want to stretch their lobes, we're the place to go. We mm-hmm. have the options. Yeah. Because, like, you know, it sucks to go start and be like, oh, you want to do that? Here's
2: Your two options. options. Yeah. Well, it's cool, too, because the people that are into stretching their lobes, they're going to find the place that has the selection they like. And they're going to keep going back mm-hmm. size by size by size and then fill out their collection when they get to their final size or whatever. So that's that's a good that's a good selection to have.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. It, it, was, it was definitely looked at as... This is a long-term investment, mm-hmm. I'm not going to see an immediate return, uh, but it's, it, it was multi-purpose. It was to fill space in a case, um, add a lot of color, mm-hmm. um, and be more eye-catching. Like when you walk in, the stone is the first thing you see, and then we pull people in talk about you know our gold ends and our other selection. Mm. But it's a real easy eye-catcher. If the store is closed, you can still see that color.
2: Stone always has really nice personality, so yeah. even though I don't do a lot of stretch ear stuff anymore, I do still have a prominent display for what I have, and it, it'll still be Something where somebody will stop and they'll look at it, and they can just appreciate it because it looks cool, even if it's not for them. It looks cool, and then it gets them looking at the other jewelry.
1: Yeah, and it's also a big conversation starter mm-hmm. um, for nervous moms yep. or you know nervous grandmas, aunts, dads, whoever coming in, going, "Oh my gosh, what's that?" And you get to talk to them about piercing, history of piercing, things like that. And it kind of it's disarming. Mm-hmm. It, it lets people kind of get a little more comfortable in the shop, and engage a little bit. Uh, so it's that and it serves many purposes, and I'm definitely not bummed that we made the investment we did.
2: Sure, yeah, yeah. What about like um, other showcase pieces? Do you do that? Like, do you have like the couple of showstopper gold pieces that are like oohs and ahs that you don't really expect to sell easily, but it's it's definitely worth looking at?
0: Gold navels. We have gold a lot of gold navels, navels, that's a
2: perfect example. A
0: guido,
2: thank you. I, I have gold navel pieces that I've been sitting in my case for years at this point.
1: Um, what I'll say is there are definitely a lot of pieces that I've invested in thinking these are going to look great in the case. Yep. And they're going to be eye catchers, but I'm not going to move them. And then, you know, the, the other piercer I work with goes, hey, I sold all those. Can you buy more? Sweet.
2: That's a good problem to have. Yeah,
1: it's a great problem to have. But it's it's... It's still a problem, and then you got to wait three months to get them. Um, Yeah, but I think um, certain kinds of pieces.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: can I actually get one of these nitro cold brews too? Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Just why not? Some of those pieces, I feel like, no matter how well you can talk about it, no matter how well you display it. It really has to be the right person that walks through the door and just falls in love with that on their own. And those are the kinds of sales where sometimes I'll look at the the sales for a day or when I come back to the shop after being off for a few days and Evan's like, I sold this, I moved this, I moved that. And I was like, I've been trying to sell that thing for two years. And somebody just walked in off the street and was like, that, I want it. You know, and it's like, I wanted to be there that day.
1: Yeah. Um, I've definitely had that same feeling. Um, you know, I, I work with uh, Gage. And he's been Gage Matthews. Yep. Yeah. And he's I'll come back, and he's like, hey, we're completely out of all of this. Nice. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, it's gonna be a few weeks. Yeah. And I'll ask, and I will I will actively like watch him, and just how he engages with people, and he how he gets them excited about things, Ooh. and how he how people uh, respond to his energy. It, it, it's it's magic in motion.
2: That was probably the hardest thing that I had to learn in my career. Techniques, yeah, difficult. The technical stuff, sterilization, whatever, difficult. But being able to create uh, a comfortable, natural-feeling sales approach,
0: mm-hmm. and I would
2: even really like to use it as sales approach because I'm not trying to push something on someone, but just being able to communicate and be like, oh, you love that, I love that too, this is what the stone is, and this is why I love this jewelry. That part of it, was the hardest part of my career, is being able to move the things that I invested in. Right. And now I feel, like, so grateful that I that I did get to that goal of mine because I could still be spinning my wheels. You can stick jewelry in the case, but if, if you can't move it back out, your, your growth is going to be much, much slower. Um,
1: who was I talking to? I want to say Shorty, but... Uh we were having a conversation about modern piercers this was five six seven years ago mm-hmm. uh, but it was basically that the modern piercer is not so much a piercer as much as a jewelry salesman who happens to install sure uh and then taken one step further um when you're a salesman, you get tagged with that cheesy, like, oh, you're trying to sell me something. Yeah. I didn't ever want to get tagged as like the used car salesman. Because if,
2: even if people like what you're trying to sell them, if they feel like you're trying to push it on them, they're not going to like right. the experience.
1: So the reframe for that was, I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm here to help you buy what you're looking for. Perfect. And that real, it's the same thing, but that subtle reframe, again, it's, it's, it's a little more disarming to the client. And it helps them not feel like they're getting hustled. Because ultimately, I don't care if they buy a, you know, I don't care if they buy a a gold CZ or that gigantic BBLA monster. Um, I just want them to be happy. Yeah, same. I want them to have a great experience and to tell their friends and to come back.
2: I'll certainly start with some of the fancier stuff, but I, I like to just be realistic with people. My my favorite approach is somebody comes in. I want them to just drink in everything and see what their options are. I want to get a feel for what they like, just visually, first instinct. And then uh, then when we get down to prices, if I get that sticker shock kind of response, then I'll just kind of level with them. I'll be like, look, I'll work with whatever your budget is. Like, what are, you, what are you comfortable with today? And if they tell me a certain amount, I'll be like, awesome. Well, why don't we just kind of steer over here? And instead of looking at the things that have all these diamonds and all these things, let's look at these like smaller, uh, prong set or like a nice cabochon stone in a simple setting oh that's outside of your range cool I've got these titanium options over here let's check it out I just want you to love whatever you leave with I don't want to like hold you by your ankles and shake you upside down and get all the change (laughs) in your pockets thank you
1: Yeah, I mean we've definitely all had to deal with with those clients with what I would consider by today's standard unrealistic expectations yeah professional studio yep um, the clients coming in, going, "Well, I don't want to spend more than fifteen dollars." Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let me explain to you what we're doing and why we do it different. Mm-hmm. And even Claire's doesn't have a fifteen dollars option anymore.
2: Yeah, mm. I, I had that approach for a while, and I don't know if it was just my tone or um, if it was obvious that I was a little bit frustrated. sick of, maybe <laughs> not frustrated, but. I had given that kind of answer so many times where it was like, even when I'm not shooting for the moon with jewelry, like a, let's say a neo metal basic kind of thing, $70 ish price point. Sure. Which I don't feel like is outrageous for the, the kind of quality that, that's offered. Um, I and mean, when people are like, oh, I don't really, what do you have for around like 30 or 40? And I used to be like almost offended at them pushing it that way. And I would be like, oh, I, I can't do it for 30. Look, at, I have all these certificates, and I have this thing called a statum that you have no idea what it is. It's, like my, my, it's a microwave to you, whatever. And, <laughs> and this jewelry, and hand-polished, and thrown out like F-136, all this stuff, where they just have this glazed-over look on their face. Now I just try to... I simplify it a little bit, and then I try to think, like, if they don't want what I have, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe I'm just not the right place for them. And people go to... The thirty and forty dollar places, and it might make me sad, but they're probably not going to die. Um, but I try to present it just now as like, well, with the with the quality that we offer, I can't really give you a price point that low, uh, you know. And if they're looking at something here, I'll, I'll bring them down to the the more simple options, and I'll be like, the lowest I could probably get you with a, a safe piercing would be somewhere around that 65 seventy dollar area. And yeah. if you're not comfortable with that, you can always come back another day. You know, think about it or something. You know, and I I try not to. Push too hard anymore. I used to. I used to push really hard. Probably not as sensitive as, as you do it, or probably as intelligently as you do it. I, I was like a lot more like, oh, oh, I'm taken aback by that. You don't <laughs> think I'm worth seventy dollars, huh? No, no. no
1: I, I, I'm I'm a diva. I'm, I'm mm. bougie. I, I my clients know it, uh, but they also know that I'm that way because I care. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to see them have a terrible experience. I don't want to see them end up anything less than happy because they were trying to save, you know, 15, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I know 15, 20 bucks is huge uh, a lot of times, especially for the younger clientele who have been saving for a year to get this nose piercing. Yeah. Um, and I always want to work with everyone as much as I can. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, when, when people just talk honestly with me, like it, the the situations where it's like they, they look at a thing that's going to be maybe a three or four hundred dollar ticket and they love it, but they honestly can't afford it, which I can't blame them because I don't know that I could afford that either. Um, if they just level with me and they're like, look, I want something quality, but I just don't have that in my budget. What do you have for this? Then I'm like, I will bend over backwards to make yeah. sure that you get something that you're gonna like.
1: She's really good at that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not, good. I'm not that great at upselling, but I can mm-hmm. tell you why. Oh, th- this option is gonna be better than going to a $30 shop. Sure. And then, yeah, I'm nice trying try to be. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, if, if you if you help someone out and you get them something, even if it's you know twenty bucks more than they wanted to spend, they're gonna appreciate the effort. I think, um, and you you kind of like win them into the the high quality piercing fandom sort of, you know, or the the family where a lot of people don't care and value high quality piercing because their only experience are like the thirty dollars shops. So if you can give them the whole other experience and be like, this is what's really available with safety and jewelry and all these things, it completely changes their mind. And the next time they come in, they're a lot more open to like, well, maybe I can go a little bit fancier with my jewelry. Or maybe I'm comfortable with a $100 ticket instead of a $60 ticket. You know, let's
1: try something out. Mm. And those are definitely the clients that, you know, three, four years later you've been working on you don't realize it But like yeah you know i had so many bad experiences Mm -hmm. you've been the best experience i've had that's why i keep coming back to you and then that turns that conversation how long have you been coming here wow five years and we've done this much work yeah wow yeah
2: well you know you just you service your clients correctly and you're going to keep them yeah uh i've got some clients (coughs) i've been working with them (coughs) excuse me really long term and it's just cool when they come in and it's like, I already know what their style is. I know what they're going to be looking for. And it's like, you know, hey, Susan, or hey, Michael, you know, check this out. I think you'd really like it. There, there were points where or I was having certain clients come in so frequently that I would just pre-order jewelry that I thought that they might like. Oh, I know this person really likes green gems with yellow gold, and I'll just get a little assortment of that in springtime, and they'll come in and probably snatch it all up.
1: We have a few of those. We have, uh, I, I have a... A group of women in Laguna that absolutely love yellow, golden chrysoprase. Mm-hmm. And it's a popular combination anyways. So I always try to make sure I have a stash, a selection. Yep. And it always moves.
2: That was one of those stones where I tried it because I saw so many people putting them on Instagram and being like, I love this, I love this. And I was like, yeah, I'll try it nothing (laughs) nothing that was one of the pieces that sat in my case for years and then it would just randomly get sold and it's like well I guess this person really loved that shade of green
1: yeah no that's definitely been one of our our hotter movers Hmm. in in almost any size almost any cut any setting cool yeah Uh, but you know like I said going back to what I had mentioned earlier clients are clients can get the same joy from you as they can get from me as they can get from most every other shop now because it's become so yeah. widespread. So it's still
2: special, but it's so readily available.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. but So what it really comes down to is what is the experience you can provide them that's going to be different, that's going to want to make them come to you mm-hmm. and not someone else. Like sure,
2: yeah. Because most- I, I think a lot of those $30 shops smell money in the air, you know, and they're like, well, if I just carry a little bit of gold and put it on maybe a cheap backing to drop the price point down a little bit and sometimes they can do people into going there yeah but i think it's the it's the service it's the personality it's the consistency it's the support and the aftercare and all those other things that's that's what really makes you like a, a dedicated client like a repeat client yeah
1: absolutely and as a given my position, like I trained
0: Sierra.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, she's my right hand, couldn't operate without her, could, would not have been able to build. Ask for a raise. She doesn't <laughs> need one. <to> trust <laughs> but um, in watching her career grow and watching like, you know, working my days and her working her days, getting, I, I'd always hear from her, oh yeah, you have like 18 phone calls, people are gonna come in and see you mm-hmm. on your days. And then getting more and more phone calls on my days for her, is she mm-hmm. available? Uh, she'll be available you know, these days. Okay, well I'm gonna come see her then. And it's a, it's a feel good for me because I get to watch her career blossom. Mm-hmm. I get to see clients becoming more comfortable and more familiar with her and like her work.
2: How does that feel for you as kind of a younger piercer, like growing into a career? Like what are, what are some of the things that make you feel happy or prideful or what are some of the things that make you feel anxious?
0: Um, everything makes me anxious. <laughs> Maybe it's the cold brew. It's, it's probably. Probably. Um, I'm, I'm. So like, I used to be like a, an enthusiast when I was younger. I was like super excited. Like I went through the app Tumblr all the time. Mm-hmm. I read through all the asks. I would dig through and find any piece of information I could and get to know like about high quality jewelry. So like now I'm at the point like I didn't have to start in the shop that used some mystery metal externally threaded barbell mm-hmm. at a shop that uses that high-quality jewelry, someone that built it. So it's it's just really nice to be at that point in my career when yep. I'm, like, what, two years in? <laughs>
1: um, well, you've been with me for four. Well, yeah. So, sure, yes, I too. guess you've been on your own about Too sure. Um,
2: so did you seek out working in that shop, or was it something where you were, like, a client and you were invited to apply? Um,
0: I was a client. Um Become an artifact since I was like 17, 18, and I tried working there around when I turned 20. Um, I'd already been dating one of the counter kids, and he was going off to college. I was like, I want a career, I don't want to work in retail anymore. Yeah, and hey, I that job in retail retail supported me through my apprenticeship. Um, but I just showed up, I didn't leave, I did all the assigned reading, he had me do essays.
2: Cool, like on on what, like different people in the industry, different topics. because I, I do that to our shop Tattoo Apprentice.
0: With, with books, it was uh, Running the Gauntlet, Modern mm-hmm. Primitives, um, Western Cultures, mostly
1: The Pearson Bible, all, mm-hmm. the, all the, the standard piercing reading Yeah, like, go read this book and then write what you think about it. How do you think this career would impact your life? What are your expectations? Mm. I'd give her a topic, she'd write me a paper, I'd read it, I'd review it, and I'd give her a response.
2: Were you already like plugged into that aspect of the industry? Like were you already aware of like Jim Ward, Elaine Angel, all that stuff?
0: Um, I knew a little bit about Elaine Angel before, before I came in, not a ton, but like I, I was a little creeper online. I just wanted mm-hmm. to learn everything. <laughs> okay. So how
2: did your perspective change going from someone who was more on the, the client or piercing fan side of it to kind of seeing behind the curtain and seeing what goes on at like a conference and out there in the world?
0: Um, not the big internet cool kids club that it seems like it is online. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: just just like the the difference in perspective of being on the outside to being on the inside. You know, reading something like running the gauntlet and seeing that lineage of Jim Ward to Gauntlet to APP to what we have now and Elaine's exper- oh, excuse me Elaine's experience through her book and all that. It,
0: all those books, and now being in the industry, it's fun to see how much it's grown. It's really grown a ton, yeah, like way more than I'm sure they would have thought
2: it would. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't imagine that Jim Ward would, if you flash back to like 1980, Jim Ward, that he would ever think that there's going to be this massive conference in Las Vegas with 1,500 weirdos who are kind of like <laughs> it, part of this organization that he he created and helped grow and, and all that stuff. So. I wonder what piercing's gonna be like in another 30 years, you know? I, I can't even wrap my head around where it will be.
1: It's, I mean, it's definitely become more acceptable, more mainstream. Mm-hmm. I know in just my career, I've seen large corporations like Starbucks and Target rewrite their ah. dress code to allow for visible tattoos, sure, yeah. hair color, and visible piercings, mm-hmm. um, and that was, I remember the day that Starbucks changed their dress code we went out to every starbucks and just put out a flyer uh we just put out flyers like you know ten dollars to off all of you guys for taking care of us for so long uh
2: just yeah one actually i'll just give you a credit card for it there you go sorry not to re- interrupt you
1: uh no i just remember that the uh, the day that starbucks announced their dress code changed mm. like going out to starbucks and handing out flyers ten dollars off some congratulations you guys cool. like we'd like to help support you and yeah. your freedom of expression yeah
2: that's awesome I mean, as, as body positivity kind of explodes and, and becomes more, not to say that, you know, more acceptable, because I, I think it's always been there, but now that the kind of old corporate mentality is fading away and realizing the people who work for us are also our clientele, so why would we want to exclude uh, representation for the people that are working for us? Because then that, that might alienate the people that might potentially be consumers. It would be like a tattoo shop. Being like, oh yeah, you can't have visible tattoos or piercings, and it's like, what? What are you talking about? You know, it's just, it's just part of fashion. It's part of society now.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and I've definitely. I, I'd argue, like, depending on the kind of shop you're at, sometimes those really, really, really overly aggressively tattooed people. Uh, it can be really scary. And sure. They yeah. can, you know, if they don't have their following, like them trying to build a following makes them a little less approachable because mm-hmm. we still operate in middle white suburbia. Sure. And that kind of stuff is scary for them. You need to
2: have some mass appeal. Sure. Yeah. Like,
0: can we get this out of your way? You want to box or anything? No, I'm all done. And Thank you. So yeah, absolutely.
1: Like I used to wear a gigantic six-gauge horseshoe in my face and when I switched over to something less aggressive looking I started getting more positive responses from all the soccer moms
2: yeah same for me I had my generation uh, you know one of those random Facebook memory things popped up from eight or nine years ago and I was like man it was a it was me in my piercing room in my last shop and it was just stickers on everything and I was wearing like a metal band t-shirt and I'm sure there was metal playing on, you know, and it was a a different studio that was really piercing and tattooing, co-mingled. We didn't have a counterperson, so when people walked through the door, uh, you had an equal shot of me greeting you or a tattooer greeting you and the tattooer didn't care about the piercing situation, you know. So now I try to approach it as like, well, what would I want to see if I walked into a place? I'd want someone nice and friendly, dressed well, answering questions and not like in sort of intimidating music or anything like that. So I think we're all kind of growing up and becoming more adult in our business practices. Yeah. Uh, and you can, you know, play metal and wear T-shirts at home. But when you're at work,
1: look like you're at work. It's definitely become a more professional thing. Um, that's not to say you can't still wear band T-shirts. Or sure, that, yeah. But, Just maybe
2: know. ones that, you know, maybe don't have without. a giant swear across it.
1: <laughs> Walk into my studio. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's definitely something they, in, in my evolution of my career and Sierra's. Like, as we dressed better and presented ourselves nicer, um, we got better responses from our clients. Mm-hmm. And I, I've talked to Pierce, who's like, oh, I'm never going to sell out. You know, That's fine, but I i enjoy making a little bit of money so sure i don't i don't, I don't see
2: things. it as selling out either i actually look at it as like uh i don't know how to phrase it like the internet term would be like big dick energy you know it's, <laughs> just, it's just like um i'm still who i am but i'm a professional and i can pull people into the experience that i want them to have and uh, present myself as like someone you can trust and de- depend on and feel comfortable with but i'm still myself i'm not wearing like a suit and tie I'm not corporate. I, I don't think that I'm selling out. I, if anything, I feel like I'm I'm pulling down society rather than trying to jump into it.
1: Sure. Yeah. I like that. That's fun. Yeah. But you know, we have there are days where we know it's going to be a little busy, so we dress a little nicer. Sure. Fancy Fridays. Fancy Fridays. Yeah. And clients just respond better. The tips are better. It's, sure. It's, it, I don't have to work as hard to make yeah. that bigger sale right. because I look like I'm worth what I'm selling.
2: Just because you don't want to live in a studio apartment for the rest of your life does not mean you're a sellout.
1: <laughs>
2: um, so let's probably wrap it up here because I have to go and check out and then fly home. Yeah. So uh, tell the people again, where are you at online? Where are you at in the physical realm?
0: Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm C with a baker. There's some underscores sprinkled in there. <laughs>
1: Uh, Desi Ariano, Desi Ariano Piercing. You can find us both at uh, Artifact Tattoo SCV on Instagram. uh, And Cast of Crowns Art Collective. Uh, Just be Cast of Crowns on Instagram. Cast of Crowns Piercing. Cast of Crowns Piercing, that one too. You'll find us. We're not hard. But thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Well, I
2: appreciate you um, coming out and listening to me talk yet again. So thank you. And I'll I'll try to make something uh, worth you coming out for a fourth one sometime maybe. thanks for talking to me desi thanks for talking to me sierra i hope everything is going good for you out in california and uh i'm psyched to see everybody back to work uh, as soon as possible um, but you know with the caveat of it being safe to go back to work uh the other day i did some online classes for free uh i had about 190 attendees split across two different sessions so i want to say thank you to everybody who took some time to uh, listen to me talk about anatomy for the body piercer Uh, i'm going to try to do that uh, maybe not that exact class but you know i'm going to try to do a class for free online streaming uh, probably once a week until i'm back to work And I think it's going to be Saturdays. And I think I'm probably going to move them a little bit earlier in the day. Uh, These, again, I want to say it. These are to support the people who chose to close their shops and who are staying home uh, with social distancing, with quarantines. Uh, If you choose to stay open... That's your choice. I hope it's not something you're going to regret in a few days or a few weeks. Uh, But I really want to uh, do as much as I can to support the people who made that really hard decision to stay home from work, to close their shops, uh, even with financial risk uh, involved there. So uh, my next couple of classes, I haven't really figured it out yet. There were a couple of classes that I didn't get the opportunity to do live. Uh, I had to miss out on the UK APP conference and I prepared a few classes there. Uh, my buddy Barron stepped in and instructed them, but I never actually got to teach my version, so maybe I can do some of those online. Uh, if you want any sort of information about it, uh, one of the, the biggest things I heard right after the class was, oh, I never knew the class existed. Uh, so, you know, there's only so much I can do for promotion. You know, I'm, I'm putting out podcasts, I'm making event pages, I'm posting all over social media. Uh, at a certain point, I, I have to kind of decide that I can't really just spend all day every day uh, working and uh, you know I'm not trying to say that it's a negative on anybody else's part uh, I understand that people like opportunity people really want to be involved in all that stuff but I'm, I'm I'm pretty close to my breaking point with how worn down I am by all this stuff so um, I'll put the information out there but I'm just going to advertise it on Body Art Education by Ryan Willette on Facebook so like and follow that page Uh, keep your eyes open for any sort of event page listings especially ones that are going to be over the next few weeks those are all going to be digital platform all of my physical classes are cancelled or postponed until further notice so again follow body art education by Ryan Willett on Facebook Uh, I will post any sort of information about classes there I have been playing a lot of Call of Duty (laughs) I've been trying really hard to um, focus on self-care, and I know that's such an ambiguous term at this point. Uh, I know a lot of people are just so worn down and so mentally exhausted that they're just taking an extended vacation. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Do what you need to do for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones. Uh, But don't forget that this isn't going to be done uh, after a few days, after a long weekend. So really focus on staying positive, focus on staying active, do some exercise at home. I know some piercers are doing like the push-up challenge, you know, 10 push-ups every day uh, for 10 days or whatever whatever it is, you know, 15 minutes of yoga. Uh, Lola Slider is going to be doing all kinds of motivational uh, yoga videos on Instagram Live and and other, other different platforms. So get stretchy, get flexible, keep yourself healthy. One thing I don't want to have to worry about are all my friends who have maybe mental health needs or are are trying to fight against uh, substance abuse issues. Um, Don't put uh, beer or wine or whiskey or whatever in your shopping cart when you're out getting supplies. You don't need it. Uh, Talk to your kids, talk to your, your spouses, call up your friends. Uh, call up your relatives they're probably all sitting at home too and you want to give all these people something positive to think about so reconnect with people on digital platforms phone calls uh, do all that stuff you know if you have substance abuse problems uh, attend digital meetings, uh, but you know if you went out and you bought a, a case of beer, thinking like you know oh you know no problem you know that'll that'll be something that I'll, I'll work away over the course of a week or two, but you have finished it off in a day or two, uh, it's probably not healthy behavior. We're gonna be uh, hanging out at home for a little while. Don't go do don't go down a dark path. Uh, same thing with mental health issues uh, i go to regular appointments with my therapist uh, that are all on hold right now so i am doing what i can through other means to stay focused on my uh, my, my mental health um yeah it's a weird shitty time right now for everybody uh, in every state in every country that I know a body piercer in, um, they're, they're dealing with the same kind of problems. So we're all in this together. Uh, I'm going to be back next week with another regular full episode. If anything significant comes up, I'm also doing those supplemental episodes, The COVID Chronicles, as kind of bonus material on the same podcast channels. Uh, I'm going to try to step back from the negativity. Uh, I'm probably deleting Facebook from my phone anyway. Uh, because it's it's just not doing me any good to check that every 15 minutes and see that there's nothing positive on there whether it's just people being shitty or the news being shitty or just shit being shitty Uh, same thing with Instagram too same thing with a lot of news websites Uh, I'm just avoiding all that stuff I'm focusing on the people that I care about in my own personal life and I'm going to try to stay positive, and I'm going to try to keep them as positive as possible. And um, that includes you. Uh, you're my my friends and my family, uh, body piercers. You know, we uh, we are all one. Teamwork makes the dream work, whatever cliche you want to say. Uh, but we're all in this together, so uh, keep those piercer groups going. Talk to people online. Uh, set up meetings. A lot of people have been doing digital hangouts on uh, zoom Zoom zoom.us is a great website that's what i was using for my uh, my online class hosting so do something to stay in contact with the people you care about because they're lonely too uh, they're stressed out too they're worried about their bills too so talk about it Uh, share all that information and strengthen those uh, those bonds of friendship i am going to be back next week and we'll talk more about the positivity of piercing thanks for listening and i'm thinking about you